You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are now here with the final episode of the first week of Locked on ACC show. And, you know, I couldn't do by myself. Of course, I've had such great guests to help me co-host this week. And I am last but certainly not least got Mr. I want to say Dres, but I also thought about Drake. But then I thought about Andres and then I thought about Mr. Silva. So I want you to tell me once I do this full intro what you want me to call you, because that's going to be spicy from here on out is what your name is going to be for the Locked on ACC show. But I'm going to remind you guys to join the Locked on NFL Draft hosts, Trevor Sigma and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future round picks. Follow Locked on NFL Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So allow me to introduce my co-host, Mr. And you fill in the blank for me. Let the people know what you want to be called. All right. What's up, everybody? Uh, my name's Drake. Um, I'm called that because apparently I have a very <laughs> uncanny resemblance to the Toronto rapper. My, my my close friends do call me Andres, but I prefer to go by Drake. Only people call me my real name are probably some people I grew up with and my own parents, but uh with Drake. That <laughs> <laughs> is See, there you go. So we got Drake here helping me gear up for what should be a very exciting Locked on ACC revamp show. We are going to talk all things basketball, football. As you know, we've been doing that all week, recapping the draft and a little ACC basketball talk. We are going to next week really hit hard. I'm getting all my guys' opinions on the transfer portal and the 800,000 people that are in there and where their future lies. But first up, Drake, you know, you guys are a staple of the ACC. And listen, we had guys all week being like, some people don't know Syracuse is in the ACC. Some people don't know Boston College is in the ACC. But how could you forget that Florida State is a part of the ACC program? So historically, you guys have been on top. But it hasn't exactly been the top chain, food chain, everybody loving on in Florida State. No, no, it hasn't. <laughs> and I would love <laughs> to know how you guys feel. You know, when it comes to draft conversations, you're not having the same kind of talks and hype as we once did. No, it's been a lot. It's a lot different. Like, you know, we joined the ACC, I want to say in the mid nineties. And that was basically, that was back in um, FSU's heyday. And then we had some, we referred to as lost decade from like, I think 2002 to around 2009. That's when Jimbo Fisher uh, joined under Bobby Bowden. And then when Jimbo, like I went to school there from 2011, 2015. And then okay. we had the one year where we won national championship in 2013. And I was part of that. That was great to be to experience. But then ever since, ever since the year after that, and the year after that was when we uh, played Michigan in the Orange Bowl. We haven't had the same success anywhere near since. And honestly, it's a little – I think it's humbling for a lot of the fan base because for a long, long time we had that, you know, we'll play you anytime, anywhere, and typically speaking we would win those games. But for the past few years it hasn't felt the case. And I think this is the first time for a lot of fans, um, me included, my co-hosts over on Lockdown Samuels are the same exact way too as well, that uh, we need or need to humble ourselves a little bit and to work our way back because – you see Miami kind of has to do the same thing. UF is just starting to get over that as well with Dan Mullen. They're starting to see success. So it's a little bit different for a lot of people going around right now. No doubt. And Drake is definitely the Locked On FSU, Locked On Seminoles host. Is it Locked On Seminoles? Locked it's Locked On, on Seminoles, yeah. There we go. He hosts every single day with his co-hosts, and they sit there and talk about all things FSU. So if you're feeling like checking that out, go for it. And I know you guys are big on the draft. Heavy. Were there anybody? Was there anybody that you were really excited about that came out for the Seminoles that you're like, "Yep, he's gonna be a dog when it comes to those Sundays." 
Oh, Asante Samuel Jr. That's for sure. <laughs> I was a huge fan of watching his dad back in the day with the Eagles and the Patriots, just like watching just like a true ball hawk. And you see a lot with Asante. He's got that same dog mentality, especially because he's a little bit shorter. Yeah. He's around 5'10". And now I think cornerbacks in the NFL, typically speaking, you want them to be around the six foot one, six foot two rank. How Jalen Ramsey's like that as well. Right. Uh, he was one that I saw. Like, I think he was the only consistent player that we had on that defense the past three years that played that got better every single year and played at a highly elite level. I think the only other DB in our conference that was anywhere as good maybe was uh, Caleb Fairley from over Virginia Tech or Andre Cisco, the safety that got taken as well in the second round. Um, so that was my number one guy. Another yeah. one was uh, Janaris Robinson. Mm-hmm. He was the uh, defensive end that we had. He never played up to his building, but he was a solid, uh, solid, solid player uh, throughout the years. And also he uh, he was the he was the player that lost, lost his um, home to the hurricane. I forgot. Mm-hmm. I think it was Hurricane Michael in the panhandle. Mm-hmm. And seeing the way that he's been, you know, come from that now how, and the one of the big things he stated that like he wants to go home and help help his mother out with his new NFL contract. So that's another person you definitely want to see shine. For sure. Now, were you big on Marvin Wilson? Yeah, I'm one <laughs> of the few Marvin Wilson stands out there. I that was the one thing that was very surprising to me. It was wasn't just him, but it also was Terry. Because mm-hmm. going into the year, I think per PFF, Marvin Wilson was number two among defensive tackles in the country. Sure. The only person above above him was Christian Barmore at uh, Alabama. And then the season starts, and then we didn't see the same physical Marvin Wilson. The entire, our entire defensive line actually was bullied. I saw a tight end <laughs> flying out Corey Durden. <laughs> and against in the Miami game, I was just sick to my stomach. And then with yeah. Marvin, just I don't know what happened exactly with him. Just I think a lot of it might, might, might have been injuries. I do know he had a broken hand that happened last year. And then this year he left. I think he had another knee injury and had surgery on his meniscus in January. So I personally thought he was going to draft around the third or fourth round because the production was there his first two and a half years. But to see him undrafted, that was a shock to me, honestly. Yeah, and he had a unique perspective in terms of when you know following some of the tweets of his agent that he wanted to go undrafted so he could have a bigger signing bonus than most of the guys in the seventh round, mm-hmm. which I think it's all, you know, it's a unique perspective of how everyone's trying to get their money these days with no T, like do what you got to do to get yours, like no doubt. But I also think, you know, watching the Carolina game and I've reflected on most of the times I've seen some of these players not or some of these players who are in the ACC when he went down and he was like all shaken up and just kind of was in space. I was like, I don't know what's going on there, but I don't think you should let that guy, young man back in the game. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. That, I mean, that, that I mean, that UNC game that was I mean, you could tell from both yeah. we, from our tweets back and forth after we interviewed on our podcast that the first half and the second half, quite honest with you, I don't know how we won that game. But yeah, Marv, I didn't. He wasn't even the start of the game on that defense. He didn't play, honestly, in my personal opinion. He played maybe one good quarter on there. I think more was Joshua Kane doing our DBs did really, really well until Sam Howell somehow found Bo, I think it was Bo Corrales in that game. Mm-hmm. But with Marv, I mean, I I mean, I kind of agree with his statement. We're going guaranteed money. Um, his his agent is Nicole Lynn, who probably I look to her for everything, and she's a great follow on Twitter as well. <laughs> and he has, I think, 192 guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Uh to put that in comparison of Freddie Swain, the Seattle Seahawks wide out that was a six-round pick last year, only had 120 guaranteed. So, yeah, it typically speaking, once you get past the fifth round, it actually is better to be undrafted because you have a lot more say in the guaranteed money you're receiving. And listen, I still think Bo Corrales, not even think, I know Bo Corrales was held in that game, so we could talk about it, but it's all right. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, well, you also had a lot of drops, so I don't know about that. Okay. Oh, man, Javante. You know, I've been on podcasts. I was on Lockdown Broncos, and they were asking me, like, what are things that he needs to work on? And I was like, you know, he's still got to work on that receiving game. I think it's still something that's a strong thing. His hands are like stone, but it's fine. And I had flashed back to the FSU game where he made that big drop, and I was like, help us, Lord, right? Like, it's yeah. only so. But, I mean, it ended up working out just fine for him. Some there. He's not, you know, lo- no love loss, no, no sleep loss for sure. Now, when we were talking about the end of draft, all week we've been saying, you know, the ACC is kind of, you know, in middle of the road, not really SEC of caliber. And I'd love to hear your take on not only the SEC, but like when it comes to Big 12 and Pac-12, right? And we talk about the other P5 school, P5 conferences. And I want to know where you think the ACC stands. When people, when you see the glimpse, they're like, okay, let's talk about ACC football. Where, where would you say? Um, well, I, I don't think we're SEC caliber. I think, you know, you have, they perennially, especially with Alabama at the top, but the thing is with the PAC 12, I've been saying this for a long time. I personally think they're the weakest out of all the power five conferences. I honestly, in my personal opinion, think that the American conference is a much more viable candidate for to be in the power five than the PAC 12. Mm. And then to me, the big 12, I think has the same problem with the PAC 12 where their defense isn't particularly strong. Like, no offense. I love watching Mac football because it's straight up offense, no defense. I think that's the same thing as the Big 12. <laughs> and out of, out of Oklahoma, I mean, who else do you have? You have a perennially underachieving Texas. You have a West Virginia team that hasn't done anything good. You have Kansas, who I don't think can win more than 10 games every five years, like <laughs> combined. So I, me personally, I would put the ACC probably, I would say we would be second, tied for second with the Big Ten because Big Ten does have Ohio State. I do think Penn State's a very, very good team year in and year out. Michigan, they have, you know, Coach Harbaugh or Lee, I like to call him fraud ball because yeah, I don't know how he still has his job of being perennially under, underachieving. But yeah, I would put us honestly right up there number two with, Penn, uh, with, with the Big Ten tied up. That's so interesting you say that because if I think about like, I would have personally loved to see a Coastal Carolina and a BYU and a Cincinnati matchup and trying to throw them in the college football playoff conversation. Just to shake things up. It's 2020. Oh my God. I wanted Cincinnati in there so bad. <laughs> oh my God. And like, they finally got a chance to play Georgia. And like, I was telling my friend Dave, my friend Dave literally was like, oh, they're going to be in by 20. I'm like, no, nah, man, Cincinnati's a very good team. They have a great mm-hmm. coach, somebody who I wanted actually to originally hire in Luke Fickle. Mm-hmm. And like, they... Played them well, but the problem is like some of those smaller programs, like once it comes to crunch time, you'll see whether or not they're up to the task. And unfortunately, they, they weren't. They lost by a field goal. Yeah, 100%. And it comes to, when it comes boils down to it, depth is such a huge thing. When you got guys who are like five deep and still some of the best, but like the Alabamas of the world, they don't, just don't have that at places like Cincinnati. But mm-hmm. I know teams in the ACC are certainly trying to get in that conversation. And I'm just trying to figure out who that's going to be. So I would love to know who your dark horses or who is going to dominate next season. I would just love to know who your thoughts are. But first, I want you guys to gear up for what should be a very good sports spring season season you got the dog days of summer you've got baseball right that's in full swing you've got basketball and you've got what should be some really good college baseball going on that's with betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action get all the news odds and info for all your sporting needs including some good playoff matchups got even some ufc mma action in there if you want to throw in some fake fighting we've got you know the jake pauls and the floyd mayweathers of the world they can do that too but if you are going to bet make sure you hit up with your laptop or mobile device betonline.ag to check out all the sign up bonuses and contact information don't sit on the sidelines get in on the action bet online your online sportsbook experts 
So the Friday show is, of course, a little more freestyle, a little more laid back because it's Friday, right? We're tired of hearing about the same old things. We get the draft and who got better, who got blah, cool. But <laughs> we want to make a little spin on it. We want to make it a little fun. So when I think about next season, I'm already talking football. And of course, you know, me biasly, I think Carolina is going to be in the conversation. They're going to be at top of the coastal. I don't like the division conversation, but there it is. I think Carolina's going to dominate the coastal. And then you got Clemson. So that's my two. But convince me otherwise, Drake, of why I should be like, all right, you'll ease up a little bit. Y'all lost Javante Williams and Michael Carter, right? <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. And isn't Daz Newsom also gone too? Mm, he is. He is. And um, then so, Brown. Yeah. So, so, so what are your skill position players that, you know, are going to be stepping up for that? You know, Emory Simmons. We've got Josh Downs. And think about our defense is a lot better. We've got Tony Grimes going to be like a true sophomore. We've got mm. all the dogs in the middle. We've got our linebackers just stepping up. Jeremiah Gimmel. We've got the, the Fox brothers who are back. I think defensively we're going to be about even. And how can I ever get Heisman Howell? We're on the hunt, baby. It, like, this just don't even worry about. We, we're good. Tell Groves he's back. I mean, tell Green. <laughs> We're good. We're, we're just figuring out how to get Sam the ha- Sam the Heisman, and we'll be good to go. That's all I, I mean, I, I love Sam Howell. I mean, he's a yeah. very, very damn good player, even though he did leave us at the altar. I mean, I like the kid a lot. You know, he was committed <laughs> to us, for those of you who don't know, to Florida State until Walt Bell and Will Taggart, you know, went their separate ways, and he, you know, jumped ship literally, I think, day before signing day. I'm not salty about it at all. I just want to see him lose about 100 times to play him. But <laughs> – to me, I think a, I, I wouldn't say y'all because you guys are going to be a very good team next year. Um, I don't think you guys would be considered a dark horse. I think people expect you to be good. And I'm you guys might kind of stumble a little bit because you did lose Javante Williams and Michael Carter. I watched that game against Miami and nothing pleases me more to see them just run 523 yards total of, like, <laughs> yeah. on the ground against them. Yeah. And that was just beautiful. I think Georgia Tech actually might be the team to watch in the Coastal. Mm-hmm. And my main thing is that I am a huge, huge Dallin Cook fan. Um, when I was there, and, and like I've actually first met the guys, well, he's a great dude and just was even better on the football field. I think he's the best art running back I've ever seen play mm. football professionally or collegiately. I think Jameer Gibbs has the talent and is special enough to be the same way as well at Georgia Tech. And I think Jeff Sims will take a huge leap as well this year. His first two games, I think he threw like what seven interceptions. Yeah. But then over the course of the year, he got he progressed really, really, really well. I think he limited his turnovers. I think maybe like only oh, they threw like two, maybe three for the rest of the last eight games, which is mm-hmm. huge. So to me, that would definitely be for the Coastal. For the Atlantic, uh, <laughs> that's uh, like, I think Louisville is not good. I don't like Scott Sourfield. I think he's a very, I think he might be on a chopping block a little bit, especially after yeah. the South Carolina fiasco. Yeah. Um, and just for a dark horse, maybe Boston College. I am a big Jeff Hathley fan. Um, I think they found a good quarterback. I don't know. Is Do you know if the quarterback there, Dracovic, is still playing the next year or that was his only yeah. year they're going to be there? Then, I mean, yeah, Big Phil. I mean, he had a great <laughs> year last year. He transferred from Notre Dame, and he just showed up, showed out. Jeff Hadley's a heavy defensive style. And to me, I think he brings that Ohio State winning mentality. He's going to bring a lot of noise. It's going to be a lot of trouble for the Atlantic. So that could be my uh, dark horse pick. And then, you know what? Uh, actually, no, screw that. I'm going to go for State with my dark horse pick. <laughs> yeah, we got Mackenzie Milne coming in really, really hot. Yeah. We actually have a bunch of transfers coming in. We affectionately call them the Immortals. We got Jermaine Johnson from UGA. got mm-hmm. Bam Moore from UCF. Kier Thomas, South Carolina. So, uh, in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised if FSU comes in 5-0 and against Clemson uh, that game in October. 
Okay, well, listen, one thing's for certain and two things for sure. It is hard to beat the triple option. No, I don't care what you do. Yeah. Don't check through and through. They're always going to find a way to embarrass you. If you like, listen, they did the Carolina for years. I'm like, after a while, do you not guys understand? You guys understand it's the same freaking play. I didn't understand because I didn't understand how hard the play was until, you know, you date enough athletes. They're like, yeah, that's, it's pretty, pretty difficult. So, but I, I, I get it. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm very interested. Anybody that compared to Dalvin Cook, I'll definitely be on my radar. Then I have definitely had, Boston College and Coach Halfley, I said they easily could have beaten Carolina last year. And I think they had a lot of close matchups where you just see it's there. It reminded me of the Carolina teams that just would come up short and just have a couple plays that they couldn't get back. So I think Boston College is certainly going to have some dogs in there. But it's, you know, it is everybody versus Clemson. And it's not like they lost anybody in Trevor. Like Trevor Lawrence, you know, left. But still, I mean, they locked him. Yeah, they got DJ Uwangalele, <laughs> who's still really gross. I mean, uh, the one thing, though, I want, I think people need to keep an eye with Clemson. I don't think their wide receivers are particularly good. Yeah. I think you kind of saw that in the Ohio State game against their Ohio State's, like, DBs there. I mean, they're decent. Like, Sean Wade's pretty good, but I think he got – absolutely destroyed against Alabama the game after that. And also Clemson DBs are not the same as years past. It's not Trayvon Mullen back there anymore. No longer AJ Terrell. So I think this might be the one year you might see Clemson lose a game or two, but I don't think it's going to be enough for them to like un- be unseated from the top of the, the Atlantic. Sure. Yeah. Listen, I'm all about shaking things up. How do you feel about the divisions though? Do you think it's about time that we kind of do away with them? Cause the last year was kind of fun for me. Like you just anybody's game kind of throw it out there. I think the Atlantic is very much, Ooh, that's tough. I think so, maybe, because, like, I actually did enjoy playing this season that we only play once every, like, five to six years. And mm-hmm. the, one of the cool things about it, like, we played Duke. And, like, I know Duke is, like, <laughs> is mainly a basketball school. But, like, it just felt really good to beat them just, like, in football, just to be quite honest with you. <laughs> um, I would love to play UVA a lot more. That actually yeah. is probably a super old rivalry that we have. It's called the Jefferson Epps Trophy because I think, or, like, Rich Jefferson and his cousin or his nephew, like, they have they help find the two different schools. There so that's a go. rivalry I would love to see more. And I think it just makes for more intriguing football. I think yeah. it's just better for that. I mean, the conference is like, no offense to the Coastal, like it's just y'all <laughs> and Miami <laughs> when they were good. So like, it's literally like the, it's like, the, it's like the SEC is the same damn way. They got the SEC West and the SEC least. Like who cares about the other, other, other divisions if both of them are, if one is really good and one's absolutely terrible. Yeah, listen, we're gonna we're gonna write a letter to Coach. I mean, Commissioner Phillips, and tell him what we need to change around here. I've got I've got we made a long list. We had a couple things from yesterday's show, but I think we're gonna add to it to today's show because there's just some things he's got to he got to get right before he gets left but yeah you, before we end today's show of course we talk football all the time and draft season is over but we have to get a little bit of touch for that basketball conversation i've talked about the last couple of days the retirement watch and i want to hear from the fsu man himself the ideas about leonard hamilton but first make sure you guys are locked and loaded on the fitness journey right you're trying to get right for the summer you know the summer bods are about to be popping if you guys have some dad bods and know you want to, you know, get it toned up a little bit, ladies, if you're trying to be fit and right, nice and toned, join me and try Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever with 18 amazing flavors, 100% covered in chocolate. Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 15% off your next order. We are wrapping up today's show. And of course, we would be remiss if we did not talk about FSU because apparently they're a basketball school now. I don't know if you guys didn't know, but you know, minus a couple of hiccups this past season, they should have won the ACC championship outright this year. But, but yeah, that's a whole nother story for another day. Don't start <laughs> on me on that. <laughs> but yes. 
Yes, they absolutely should have won the AC championship this season. But Larry Hamilton has definitely brought that program to be a powerhouse, something that somebody that you have to worry about every single year. And you listen, we're all about guys staying for as long as they can. I came up with the shock this season personally, having Roy Williams retire. We talked about the Bay Bay. Wow, there it is. We talked about Bayheim Watch. <laughs> talked about Coach K Watch. Now, Coach Hamilton, and you know, he looked good. Black don't crack, but my guy's getting up there. <laughs> got some issues, right? You got you walking with a little hitch in the step, but not talking about his pant walk. So I'm just curious. Oh, no. Yeah, I think what did he, he tore his Achilles or something <laughs> yes. coming off the bus before the season started. I mean, before the tournament started. I'm like, I'm like damn, son, are you good? <laughs> the boot walking. So I would love oh. to know, are there, is there anybody? Because Carolina family is like, okay, we're all going to keep it in the family. Never, ever go, you know, outside of. Is that the same way with Florida State? Does he have someone kind of in the wings waiting? Is how is that system kind of set up for them? Be quite honest with you, I really, really don't know about that. I mean, yeah. I think the one coach that we had, I think it was Coach Gates, but Coach Gates actually left for the Cleveland State job last year. Mm. And I know one of our assistant coaches actually, I think, might be leaving to t- be to join him at that staff. My thing is, I think with Ham, Ham just signed a, I want to say, an extension. I think for another five years. But yeah, he's 72. And I think the one thing also that he really wants to get back to the, um, because the team that, not this past year, but the year before that were, uh, tournament was canceled due to COVID, mm-hmm. that team would have won the championship. Yeah. I, I, I will die on that hill with <laughs> Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams. You had Trent Forrest as well. And yeah. that team overall was just uh, absolutely dynamite. And, and I think that they felt robbed with that. I think Ham will try to get to that point again before he does call it quits. But I personally don't see anyone on the staff right now that they will go for. Um, one name I did hear, I don't think it's going to be uh, actually pulled triggered on, but I know Sam Cassell has mm-hmm. you know, been coaching up in the uh, professional ranks, I think with the Clippers right now, or with Doc, I think over at the 76ers as well. Um, but for right now, I don't see a name out there, but I do think that I, this extension might be the last one for him. So that's going to be a scary thought to me because when I got to FSU, we were not good at basketball. And Ham was already there. We, I think we made we missed two straight tournaments uh, my sophomore and junior year. And then we came back. We performed poorly. And in the past, like, four to five years, we went from – we basically became a new blood. And, and in my personal opinion, I think this past year, we kind of went from new blood to blue blood with the rest of y'all in the ACC with Duke <laughs> and UNC. But I don't know. It's it's a really tough question. because And it sucks that I really don't have the best answer for that. Now, listen – I am curious because everyone was like, who's going to take the Carolina job? And, you know, Hubert Davis waiting in the wings for nine years. How could you guys not know that that was going to be him? But everyone talked about if you were given the opportunity to be the head coach at North Carolina, you don't, that's just not a job you pass up. You don't say no. No. (laughs) If you're given the opportunity, you don't say no. Now, do you think that Florida State is the same way at this point? Um. I think we're starting to get to that point now because we have perennially put in a lottery pick, I think the past four drafts mm-hmm. and a lot of these McDonald's all Americans that like Scotty Barnes, I think is a good example for right now. He came, he could have gone to Duke. He could have gone to Kentucky, could have gone to y'all at UNC yeah. and he wanted to improve his defensive play. And that's what ham is specifically known for like the defensive tenacity for the squad. And if you want to become a more well-rounded player and also improve your draft stock, I think FSU is probably the best place to go because hmm. you go to Kentucky because, you know, Kyle Perry's going to play you for thousands of minutes. At FSU, you're not going to play, like, you know, in inordinate numbers because it's like Ham does these rotations, 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 but when you're on, he's going to be able to develop you. So when you are in the game and you have your minutes, 
you're able to showcase your full talents, your full ability, and scouts would love to see that. So would you rather play for a team, and this is very off, Freestyle Friday, whatever, would you yeah. rather play for a team that you get heavy rotation, but you, when you're in, you got time to shine, or would you rather be the man and you just take the losses? Like, if they come, I mean, you were in there enough, so it's really on you, dog. I don't know. I, I want you to give me those minuscule minutes right there. I want to be able to show like in crunch time when, when the spotlight is on me, I am able to uh, give my best effort forward. And cause I know I'll do, I'll, I know I'll crush it. See, have me in the rotation. F that. Give me a water break. Cause I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good on having to be the man, the woman all the time. Like, yeah, bump that. Oh no, 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 no. That's what I meant. I meant like oh, saying, okay. I'm in rotate. Like, hey, listen, you only got 10 minutes. All right. I, I'll show you. you. Okay. I'll give you my best 10 minutes right now. That's what Perfect. I'm saying. Perfect. Yeah, no. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Exactly, exactly. Because trying to put a team on your back in this day and age, like I can't even imagine playing college athletics in an era where social media is so prevalent. Like you just do one bad thing. That's your butt. Like that's I know. Oh my god. Anthony Anthony Edwards, I think, is one prime example where it's actually going well for him because he's so quotable and everything. But yeah, like if you're if you're Ben Simmons who misses every single three pointer ever, he's like, Oh wow. I do not have a deep shot at all. Right. Right. And you talk about the Carolina Duke rivalry and like the whole, Oh, it's not even that hype. Like we don't even care. And like, I mean, true, but do you want to read that every five seconds that you're on the app? No. And I think that's just, that's tough. I was making fun of the guys all the time because after the first Carolina game, we had one of our freshmen talk about being a savage. I'm like, Y'all literally locked like the next week. Like, sit down somewhere. Like, how do you have all this hype about you, but you can't be consistent? No, I know no. that's we have that problem with social media too. But I think it's just, I mean, like, I mean, I talk a lot of smack on social media, regardless, even when my team is losing. So, yeah. I mean, there's a one thing that we cite we call it elite lies on Twitter whenever something happens. Like, like oh, it's gonna be like, hey, it's gonna be great. Maybe yeah. we'll see. Yeah, no, I have a couple of friends who work for FSU and they always talk to me about how some of the players they're like, they didn't do anything in practice, but they definitely want that action shot so they can post on Insta. And I, I mean, I get that's just our culture, right? It's just different. It, oh, yeah. it doesn't I, mean more, but it's different. I bet you money can point out which ones too. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt well you know it's freestyle friday so we just pretty much do anything off the cuff but as we move on through this series i want you guys to know that sometimes we'll be serious but most times not because it should be fun podcast should be a good time now drake i know people are going to want to hear more because they know you can get a little more into the x's and o's and you and your co-host can do the damn thing so can you remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work yeah, uh, so basically we do Locked On Seminoles. You can find that on um, any single podcast, you know, either Apple, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, any of those podcast uh, hosting sites. You can also follow me on Twitter at Tally underscore underscore Drake. I know it's on brand for me. And also you can find us, you can follow us as well on Locked On Knowles on Twitter and then at Knowles Anonymous. That was the podcast that we have before. And that's the one where we kind of share the two uh, Twitter accounts to make sure we get everyone um, out there. So that's where you can follow us and listen to our content. Listen, grow the love. That's what it's all about, right? So I hope you guys lock that in and make sure you download to subscribe to this podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. And also, if you want to hear some news about all of the sporting events happening, make sure you guys go to Locked On Today. Podcast host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So grateful we got to do this Friday show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you download, subscribe from anywhere you listen to podcasts. For Candice, for Drake, we will see you next Friday. Hope you guys have a great weekend. And until next time. 
You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 